Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you doing this week? Uh, it's been uh, been a busy week. Uh, had a trade show and uh, yeah, a lot of things going on with that. How, uh, how are you? Uh, pretty good. It's Valentine's Day. Got a couple of random gifts on my desk right now. Um, oh. but, uh, yeah. but we do have a guest today. Um, yes, shouldn't keep him waiting. Yep, uh, we have Mark Thomas here from Powered by Search. Hey guys, what's up? Nice to be here. Hey Mark, yeah, thanks thanks for coming. I've been probably following you on Twitter for I don't know how long. Listen to podcasts you produce, and so it's really nice to kind of meet you face to face. I know everyone else won't get to see that because we don't do video, but likewise. Uh, well, you know. I am a good-looking person too, so uh, they are missing out. And they you guys, you we're guys. benefiting. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mark is a previous founder uh, who learned all about growth uh, in his own startup journey, and now he's living the agency life while also trying to help other B two B SaaS founders not have to learn the hard way like he did. Does that sound about right? That sounds extremely fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that this morning, so yeah. Well, it still stands, so. <laughs> cool. cool. So yeah, um, why don't we start there? So uh, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about your kind of uh, your own founder, founder story a bit and how you ended up at Powered by Search? Sure. Well, I, you know what? I was actually a journalist. Um, I started out my career in magazine journalism, uh, interviewing people for a living, basically. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it was actually... Uh, doing kind of side projects from journalism where basically I realized, Hey man, I can like, I can do a lot of creative work based on this skill set. Um, I started some kind of like creative agency, uh, and we had this one client who just couldn't make their mind up about a project. So I was like, oh, you guys, this is, this is really bad. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a tool, like a prototype of a product, although I didn't really realize it at that point, that would give everybody in the boardroom uh, an anonymous real-time vote that we could put on the screen to any question, right? So uh, it didn't matter who you were, you could say whatever the heck you wanted about the piece of work that we had produced so that you know you didn't have to worry about what your manager thought about you, whether you were going to get fired because you like contradicted your manager in the meeting. So it turns out a lot of people need a product like that, um, although our client never used it. Uh, so <laughs> classic. Um, uh, but a lot of people need a product like that for many different things. So yeah, I started uh, a company called Dupol uh, in 2015 with two other guys. Uh, we raised a little bit of investment um, and then spent the next uh, five-ish years trying to grow the company. When we started out, as I said, I was a journalist. I literally had no clue uh, about how to start a company or like run a software business. Um, and in many ways, I think that probably uh, uh, that like ruled my life for the next few years uh, trying to work out, okay, how do I stop thinking like a journalist and start thinking like a marketer? Um, and yeah, that's that's really how I got my start in marketing, actually, uh, trying to work out how to get users for that product. Cool. Did you, so you said you you had a creative agency. Did that, 
turn into the company uh do pull is it d e w pull or is that I, how you spell I love it? it no um d o o p o l l it was actually okay. called uh do loop at first um but some german tv company has the uh trademark on that and um you know germans do love to protect the <laughs> trademark uh so uh, we changed it um yeah how what happened there was that when we took investment uh our investors basically were like hey guys we're only investing if you stop doing everything else um and just do this so we had to close down our company uh our like agency which was doing pretty well uh and start focusing on dupol all the time i gotta say that was quite punishing uh because you know when you're growing a business you're not at like the place that you want to be on day one right you're, you're there many years down the line and so a lot of the time my life at the start of that felt just like hard all the time um and you know i know there's a lot of people who are listening to this who will probably also identify with that feeling of like it just feels like you're uh crawling through like molasses sometimes trying to get to somewhere um and you don't like molasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in the end we did we did find a lot of traction it just took way too long um there's a whole story here and i guess you know maybe you're going to want to hear it but uh, so i'm going to save that for you go for it <laughs> Well, look, um, what happened really was uh, we had this one client um, or this one user basically super early on. In fact, before we even thought, hey, let's raise investment for this. It was a university here in Wales who um, one of my co-founders and I went to pitch creative work to. Uh, and we got into this pitch and the guy was like, hey, I don't want to like, I, I'm not like massively interested in this. What I want to hear about is like this other thing that you've been working on. Um, tell me about that. And so we told him about uh, Dupol uh, and the guy was like, this is great. I want it. How much is it? And we were like, oh, um, <laughs> two seconds. And we literally, we literally did that thing where we went over to the other side of the room uh, <laughs> Uh, and me and my co-founder literally talked about how much is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> and we were like, um, we went back to the guy and we were like, okay, it's going to be like, it's going to be 40 K for you to use it this year. Um, <clears throat> uh, we just literally picked it out of the air and the guy was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, my finance guy will sort this out from here. Um, wow. <laughs> we were just sort of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That person just paid 40K for, you know, I'm talking in dollars here, um, uh, for a product that doesn't really exist. It's a prototype. Uh, like, we haven't ever used it in a real scenario. Um, so we were like, hey, maybe this is an actual business. So we went in, in Wales, they have uh, what they call a development bank, which is a state run VC. That's, that's the closest mm -hmm. thing that I can. Mm -hmm kind of uh compare that to so they they invest they take equity um it's not huge investments but basically we went to those guys and we were like hey these guys want to pay us 40k for a license there must be a lot of those people right there's at least four universities in wales uh uh so why don't we just why don't you just give us some capital we'll go off 
sign those other four universities and a whole bunch more uh, at that price, and then then we'll be great. We'll have an amazing business. Uh, yeah, we're off to the races. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful theory. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what we should have done is we should have validated whether that price was actually maintainable. Um, so in reality, what happened yeah. was that first client went through a huge amount of like procurement because they're a university. Um, and we ended up with a deal that was probably like a third of that at most um, in terms of value, but we'd already signed an investment deal based on the full value. Huge error, uh, by the way, um, because then we had unrealistic targets to live up to. Um, the process then was like, we will literally take any customer. We didn't know what we were doing uh, in, what was that, 2015. Uh, and it probably took us until late 2017, early 2018 to start going, maybe we should like invest in marketing for this versus just <laughs> <laughs> right. Which now to me as a marketer, like who has made his you know, career now on being like pretty in the know about how to grow a company. I look back on it and I'm like, I wish, I wish I had a time machine so that I could go back and tell myself, don't make these errors. Uh, right. Right. But there you go. Yeah. That was super interesting. Like, that fact that you had one, you know, people's, you know, all us founders will like look for a signal, right. Or look for some like reason to dive in. And it sounds like you got a great, what you thought was a great signal, which turned out to be like fool's gold, so to speak. Oh, and like yeah. sent you down this totally different path and different tunnel. And it's like one of those, uh, you know, knife point moments, like life changes at a knife point type of thing where like, Oh, if that didn't happen, maybe we would have taken a different route. We would have grounded out, found our customers better earlier. But that high signal of like, oh, I could just, hey, how hard does it get? We got one. Like we were one for one. Like we're gonna we're gonna take this to the moon now, right? <laughs> yeah, and when the money was so easy to get from a VC uh, and also an angel like that we knew, it was just like, well, hey, this must be right. We've never done this before. Maybe this is how business is meant to go. Uh, and um and you know i think like uh what i know now is that businesses tend to succeed or fail based on early traction and that early traction tends to come from a couple of places but one of the key drivers of early traction is actually validating a product uh right another one is validating the business model um you get many chances at that throughout your lifetime as a business but early on it really counts another one is validating whether you can reach enough people who are willing to pay to match the business model right so mm -hmm. what i what i know now is that we had none of those drivers uh in place uh <laughs> except for like a very cool product that people loved when they saw they literally went wow every time yeah, I could totally see that though, because like, I, like I'm in the in the startup phase too, and like you get one person that's excited about your product, and you're just like over the moon excited, right? Like, you, you've you've got this thing in the dark, and somebody actually likes it, and it's like, wow, Man, for sure, for sure. And you know what? Um, I there's that kind of like uh, joke on Twitter where um, you know, first time founders focus on product, second time founders focus on distribution. Actually, um, I believe that's true. Uh, but, uh, but I also think like, uh, second time founders also tend to 
really focus on validation a lot more than first time founders. Um, I, a recent example, uh, last in November, uh, November 21, I tweeted, Hey, I'm going to build a SaaS product next year. Right. I had an idea in mind. Um, and I went off and I started talking to a bunch of people who I thought would be customers for this product. And while I found a lot of people were like, Hey, this is, this is a really cool idea. Um, I was, I started from the place of this is a stupid idea. Um, versus what I did previously, which is like, this is a great idea. I'm going to wait for people to confirm that. And, you know, this time it was like, this is a stupid idea. I'm going to wait for people to tell me I'm wrong. And ultimately, I couldn't find anyone who told me I was wrong. So <laughs> so I just killed it, right? And I was, I felt totally, like, emotionally detached from it. It was, it was totally fine with me. Um, so there you go. I'm still waiting for the idea. <laughs> Cool. So I guess speeding up the story a bit. So um, within yeah. within where how you got to where you are now. So you eventually you know decide to wear your journalism hat and dig in in terms of like ooh marketing ooh people reach let's let's start kind of some yeah. of those pieces and you pull. So like yeah, take us through a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. So in late 2017, my my technical co-founder uh, left the business because we were just we just weren't seeing traction. He wanted something different with his life. Uh, that was challenging. Uh, we spent the next year doing two things: one incredibly stupid, one incredibly smart. The incredibly stupid thing that we did was we all fell out over who got what equity and who had to buy what shares from which person. That was dumb. It almost cost me one of the best friendships I had. Uh, and fortunately, we managed to turn it around. And like me and my technical co-founder are like best friends again. <clears throat> but um, the incredibly smart thing that we did was we said, okay, well, look, we've been doing mostly direct sales or outbound, um, outbound marketing, right? So, but we've only got a limited reach. So let's let's go and we'll work out how do we how do we get a message out about this product to people all over the world who maybe don't have the same impression of us as like poster boys for Welsh startups uh, and are willing to go hey that's either great or that's bad um, so we got a lot more objectivity around that practically what we did was. Uh, I I was like, hey, let's go let's go find someone who'll teach us how to be startup marketers. Um, and we ended up, I well, I ended up enrolling on uh, Demand Curves uh, uh, marketing course, right? Which was <clears throat> genuinely fantastic. Gave me a whole bunch of ways of looking at growing a business that I've never thought about before. Uh, and I spent the time between sort of like April, May time, 2018, uh, up until the end of 2020, basically getting way better at marketing, uh, way better at acquisition, uh, significantly better at activation and retention. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that, that's really kind of, that's the kind of the story arc, um, in t late 2020, I was super tired uh, of running a business. It was obviously we were all dealing with like 
crazy world uh uh pandemic and the uk government would basically like hey guys if you want to save money in your business like we'll literally just don't do any work on it and we will literally pay 80 percent of your salary um and i just thought oh that sounds really good uh, so, <laughs> so um so i took the government's furlough i furloughed myself as the like the founder of the company so i couldn't mm -hmm. work on my company i had to leave it for my co-founder and a you know a small team then and i took a break i just had a sec in a second kid and i was like i want to spend some time with my family and then early 2021 dev basu uh founder of power by search we were messaging back and forth and i said hey i'm thinking about moving on he said come come run growth at uh power by search so there here i am and now i work with a whole bunch of SaaS companies um who uh who listen to me for positioning and messaging advice mostly uh which is which is really cool really a nice uh way to kind of move the story forward yeah Sounds sounds pretty magical when you come and step back away from it, right? Like thinking about your journalism background, natural in terms of, you know, research, you know, interest in and in people and stories and storytelling and all of these pieces. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, I'm doing a business thing. And then at some point later on, it hits you <laughs> of like the growth stuff, taking a course, putting that all together into like, oh, like here's all these pieces and now let me converge right your 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 two selves and then like leading into powered by search where now you can speak to previous founders speak to the people that have been there and and now are you know like been through that totally you know know what know what it's like in those trenches know exactly what it is and 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 yeah and can kind of help those uh with your own kind of sense of empathy through that but also like helping them, you know, get kind of get where they want to go a little faster as well. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think, you know, you, you really have to experience what it's like running a, uh, a SaaS company or being in a SaaS company in order to actually say to someone, Hey, here's what you should do. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I always hate that thing of like, uh, people who don't own up to the fact that they've never experienced the thing that they're trying to teach others. And I, I don't claim to have grown a company to like, you know, $70 million ARR, which is like what our clients are seeing. What I do know is I know how to fix positioning and messaging because I've done it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's what I do about by search really. So, yeah. And that, that's really cool that you're saying that it's like your experience lends a lot to it. But like, I'm curious what um, what part of your journalism background plays into your skills in that area, if, or if any. Hmm. I, I think um, I think at its core, like um, interviewing people uh, is basically about uh, being uh, full of empathy for where they're at. There are many, many things in marketing that are improved by adding empathy, right? So let's think about, let's think about like landing pages. Um, somebody who doesn't have any empathy says, Hey, here's what our product does, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody with, um, 
a high level of empathy for their customers says, hey, sucks to be where you're at. Here's how you can get that pain resolved, right? Those those kinds of things, uh, those don't come easily to a lot of people. And in fact, if you're not thinking about marketing all the time, it's quite easy to forget that at the end of the day, you're not selling a product. You're selling a solution to somebody's pain. Nobody buys a product. They buy a solution to their pain uh, or at least some kind of desire that they have. I think if you are a person who is able to uh, to kind of be empathetic, empathetic towards your customer, there's a lot of things that you can do um, and a lot of things about marketing work will be improved by that as well in exactly the same way as, you know, interviewing somebody about their life story will be for a magazine, which is literally what I did. You know, my thing is, Hey, I want to hear about your work, but I also want to know like why you are the way you are. Um, and I mean, I, you know, these days as well, by the way, uh, running podcasts for powered by search, I literally, I use that all the time, um, to kind of turn b2b SaaS marketing into something more emotional uh and more connected to people as individuals which is hard to do actually so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's really cool and that that does make a lot of sense yeah speaking of your podcast so you mentioned um i think you tweeted maybe a couple weeks ago or something about that a little bit about uh you know, how much, how much ROI doing the podcast has been for powered by search. I mean, I can attest cause I listen and, um, you know, gain so much out of it, but at the same time I could see from an empathetic standpoint, like how many other people are, uh, probably just gaining from listening to you. But then also obviously the the great tip in for any of that is like, wow, he really, he really knows what he's talking about. This is great. Let me send it to my team. Okay. No one has the bandwidth. Let's just hire these guys. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that's definitely the playbook. Um, <clears throat> I mean, firstly, thank you. That's nice to, nice to say, um, nice to hear. I mean, uh, look, I think, uh, so we have our strategies probably a bit different to maybe how other people think about this. Um, so I know there's lots of agencies with a podcast out there, right? So first things first, like we, we uh, at Power by Search, we view our output in two ways. So our product is two things. The first thing is our client services, clearly, right? That's how agencies work. But we also understand that for most people, like the product that they will get from Powered by Search is our content. So we think about content as a product of the agency versus like as a promotional item for the agency. Now, There is obviously the payoff that, hey, if you produce really good product content, uh, then yeah, people are going to hire you at some point. And we saw that um, with our blog. I mean, the Power by Search blog is actually one of the reasons that I joined the agency in the first place, because I was like, these guys really get it. They think about growth and marketing from like an economic standpoint versus like a, hey, let's make this look good uh, standpoint. Um, But uh when i joined i was i i just thought hey like our whole system uh for marketing converts really really well uh we get lots of clients from our content already why don't we 
focus on building building the brand around this. Now that works for us because we obviously got we have like high high contract value. Um, it's a little bit different for you know SaaS companies maybe, but um, with uh, with the ROI, it doesn't take a huge number of people becoming clients for us to see significant ROI uh, on podcasts. And we do that in two ways. The first one, Josh, is probably, I think, what you're talking about, which is SaaS Marketing Bytes, which is literally a mixture of us reading or me reading uh, our blog posts aloud. Uh, and I thought, oh, this is cool. This is a nice piece of content I can ship in my first week of work that like will at least give me some momentum. But within about two, three weeks of us doing that, we do one a week. We were having people on calls saying like, hey, I heard your podcast and now I want to hire you, right? And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. But then the other thing, and this really, really drove uh, revenue, is we started a second podcast called Insider Marketing, which is open strategy sessions for companies uh, where basically... We choose uh, a SaaS company and we sit down half an hour, talk about what they're doing really well and what they could do differently to improve their results. That We're 15 episodes into it and we've got a number of clients from that. Some of the people who who we did episodes on, some of the people who uh, are competitors are the people we did episodes on. Um, So it's like... I'm enjoying it a lot, really. <laughs> it's nice to uh, it's nice to see the results from that. That was cool. Yeah, the workshopping kind of of that and just seeing kind of proof positive of what you guys know other than just like the reading aspect. But I mean, I like, yeah, I haven't listened to that second one yet. But um, and I've also, you know, I don't know what I saw first. I think I might have probably found you on Twitter at some point found the podcast and then it's through that probably started like sucking up stuff from the blog to which I do send to like my team on different things on different projects we're looking to and they they all like read it and look at it too now so oh, cool that's <laughs> so uh, I mean that's yeah. exactly the play right that's what's meant to happen um is basically people become um like the equivalent of fans i guess of you know as close as you can be in b2b SaaS, uh right uh like fans of the kind of content that we produce and where do you find that well you find it everywhere and that's that's the goal and that's what i spent the last year doing basically trying trying to help people discover that and find content about power by search's work everywhere uh so right yeah now it's like both I keep saying this to myself on different things where I do worry sometimes where for myself, even any, any time I'm doing something like, Oh, is this, does this look like I am just profiting from this? Like we're only promoting this. So we get customers, but I do believe that like both things can be true, right? Where you can be giving a ton of value and if it works, you know, and, and, and if uh, you want more of it, or if you want to, you do see where I'm seeing where this puck is going and, you know, my product can help or my services can help. It, it's great. Like the, your most recent episode on the, I think it was about SaaS, like looking for marketers and things like oh, yeah. that. I, I think I listened to that one, like maybe yesterday or something like that. But, you know, 
even telling people, and I think we we do this with our product as well, which is try to make sure people like the wrong people don't do like come to our business, so to speak. And it's like that's another other thing I think you wear that you know very much on your sleeve of like, okay, here's when an agency works, here's when it doesn't work, and that just that when when someone talking and giving value kind of puts that out there just obviously it's true <laughs> and then the level of trust that builds versus like okay cool i'll just come back to these guys later like i'm not ready yet but it's nice to know i can i'm actually in the right spot in the funnel where i'm sucking up all this knowledge but at the same time you know maybe we can't afford it yet or someone can't afford it yet but it's nice to know when when those things you know make sense so yeah yeah i mean you know power by search is like um Power by Search is more expensive than other agencies. Uh, like, there's no denying that. Um, <clears throat> it's mostly because we do really, really good work. Uh, but, uh, but also, like, frankly, it's not the great. It's not a great fit for everyone, uh, and and that's okay. Like, we think about building uh, systems for demand gen over time versus like, hey, let's get you like super quick wins. Like in six months, you're going to be like skyrocketing. You're going to be raising like your Series C because you've got so much business. Um, that's not how we think about it. And that's not what we deliver. So yeah, it, it really pays for us to give out as much good information as we can so that everybody benefits, hopefully, regardless of what stage you're at. But also to be able to say, look, this isn't for everyone. Um, uh, slightly tangential, but funny story sure. about um, turning people away uh, from an early stage SaaS company. Um, one of the things that happened right at the start of the pandemic uh, for Dupol was we did, so obviously we did effectively surveys, right? Um, so we had a client customer who was, we were trying to win a deal with a big deal. It would be our biggest deal ever. They were, in, um, they were a big kind of newspaper publisher in the UK. And they were pumped about using Dupol to survey their readers because you could you could embed surveys onto your articles. So they wanted to <clears throat> develop a, a big uh, kind of data bank of insights into people's responses. We, um, we had uh, an opportunity for them to run a survey about people's attitudes to lockdown um and they decided that they would use this as like basically a test case to go and say should we buy this um should we buy a big subscription to this thing uh we uh saw them publish on the front page of basically every newspaper um website in the uk they're like a big publisher <clears throat> Uh, a survey and we went from 1 million all-time uh, votes to 16 million in uh, four days um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the, it was simultaneously one of the best and worst things that happened to us <laughs> uh, one of the best because basically anything I wrote after that point got uh, top rankings on Google almost right away because we had crazy numbers of links from high high authority websites. That was great. Um, really bad because it absolutely melted our servers. Our project was not built for scale in the way that we thought it was. 
uh, and it were, it was taking like an hour at a time for anybody to be able to load any view on our app. Um, uh, and we had to like, we had to migrate it to a different, a whole different like server configuration. We, we refactored the whole thing um, pretty quickly, like within a couple of weeks after. But also we ended up with huge sign up volume from people who thought that they had to sign up to, uh, to, to answer a survey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so you, it is, it is like, that's an extreme example, but basically we ended up then sending like hundreds of thousands, millions potentially of events to segment, which set like our bill went through the roof. Um, right. like, some some uh, products that we were using for like analytics for growth literally locked us out because like we just hit their enterprise tier uh, suddenly. Um, <laughs> it basically became impossible to run the product based on this success. But it was like a super shallow success in the end. And the, you know the reason I say that is because yeah, it is so important to send away the bad fit users as quickly as possible from your SaaS business. Um, and that that's one form of it, you know, stop people signing up for the wrong reasons. You know, another one is, you know, adjust all of your messaging and positioning on your site to actually speak to the people who you really want, uh, which is a huge overlooked opportunity for many SaaS businesses. So I'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to shift that brain from this, like, early days where I'll talk to anyone, I'll, I'll kiss any frog or whatever, anyone that has a pulse, like I'll, I'll talk to them into this, yeah. like, okay, now there's a, there's a mental shift that needs to happen at some point. It's like, who are the right people who are the, and getting rid of that FOMO aspect of like in the early days, you know, like who, who, who am I now missing out? Who, Oh, it's this byproduct is for everyone. Like it's fine. It starts that way. And I think everyone has to, every entrepreneur starts from a, like a, wide-eyed how big this can be let's not leave any stone unturned mentality but then into a oh like segmentation and oh it's like if i just got five of these great fit customers like that's so much better for like my life and their lives and the promises i'm making i don't feel like a d-bag i don't know i don't think we curse on this but <laughs> i don't think that's a curse but it's not I, a nice word anyway that. sorry <laughs> it's your podcast you could do whatever yes, you want <laughs> true mate are you offended sorry <laughs> but anyway uh, uh josh you've uh you've grown a company to a much bigger size than i ever have um how do you think about this in terms of uh so, turning away bad customers well, or well you said uh Going from the early stages where you you know you'd kiss any frog to finding the right mm -hmm. frog to kiss, I, I'm paraphrasing, I think, but yes. uh, <laughs> but okay. At what point did you did you say I'm going to stop kissing all of the frogs? <laughs> uh I mean, I guess it was. Well, I'd say so. I'd say this real quick. So I'm a. This is. I don't know exactly what, but I'm at least a second time founder with this. So even coming in to referral rock like even when i was searching for ideas it was very much having a positioning in mind at that point in the market so i did start with that very easily and i did start with some constraints like for us and it's gonna sound bad what our first one was but like our first tagline was um like referral programs for any business 
not just e-commerce. So it was really my flip of that was in the early days when I looked for referral software, everything was just focused on e-commerce. So how could you say not e-commerce, but all of the regular brick and mortar types of businesses or service businesses, different stuff like that. So that led us down a specific tunnel. So I would say I had some of that pretty early on. So I like at least at least cut some of the market pretty squarely uh, to, to focus in a certain area, which obviously drove where we were going with the product, all things like that. But in the beginning, it was very much like I'm and I'm as a big advocate for put your put a phone number up, like let anyone in the chat because at those times you're still in that validation set. So so for me, I think it clicked relatively early, but again, as a second time founder, there's different muscles you kind of have built up. So mm. and do you feel like you've got it now? Uh, I, what I struggle with now is more of like the resources and the timing with all of it. So it's that I've never been afraid of putting out like stuff that wasn't perfect. So I am, but, but there's always stuff I'm embarrassed about. So even if you look at our positioning and messaging now, I'm a bit embarrassed or like you look at a landing page, but I'm like, but I have a team that's working on it, but that's not our biggest problem right now. So that, that's something that I internalize a bit where having a podcast or, you know, shining the light on you for talking about things. It's like, it's never going to be perfect, but I hope that they can see that with those eyes. But honestly, most people I'm probably reaching aren't going to be customers, but that's not why I'm doing it. So. Mm. Mm. And Nate, what about you, where you're at? Are you like, do you think you're nailing it or (laughs) it's okay to say yes. (laughs) I feel like I'm not nailing it. No. Um, I know I'm very early. Like I have, um, I have one paying free trial or trial customer and uh, a couple people in the funnel. Um, and so I'm still kind of doing a lot of validation stuff. Um, yeah. And like you're, you're talking earlier about it. It feels like you're wading through molasses. It kind of feels a bit like that. Mm. Well, <clears throat> on the plus side, when you get the positioning and like when you validated your, uh, your, your idea uh, and people are paying for it, it suddenly changes, right? So uh, while while we were at Dupal, well, why was I, I was at Dupal, I should say, I also always had my eye open for like other businesses that we could start mm. um, within the company. So basically versions of Dupal for specific industries, right? Now, so we had this one where, um, I don't know if you guys have this uh, where you are, but in the UK, if you want to build a big building, uh, you've got to do like a planning application and the council has to uh, agree for you to do that. Like uh, basically zoning, um, mm. right? So um, you have to uh, you have to get a community involved in that as well. And uh, we came up with this idea basically accidentally um, a huge planning application consultant came to us and said, Hey, can we use your product to like do geolocated feedback, uh, for planning applications? And we were like, Nope, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) nope, you can't do that, but let's talk about it. What do you want to do? Um, and we basically went through a validation process with this guy of like, how would we solve your problem? If, um, if nothing else, was kind of if there were no no holds barred how would we solve this and in the end we decided to build a prototype for this guy 
it was just such a dumb prototype. There was so much stuff that didn't work about it. <laughs> but like the the difference there between the validation that we went through with him versus the validation that we should have gone through with Dupol itself and the kind of with those early customers was worlds apart. And it meant that the the traction just happened so much faster. So mm. the fact that you're taking time over that um, and you're aware of it probably means that your outcome will be better, even if it's not exactly the outcome that you're hoping for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. I, I do worry about that because I think uh, like you're talking about not being emotionally attached to your idea or whatever. And, you know, I try hard not to be, but it's, I, you know, you, you work, put, spend a lot of time on something, right? You get, you get kind of invested in it emotionally as well. I, and uh, that's a struggle. I can tell you though, Nate, like um, if you invest years of your life into a business just because you're attached to it emotionally and it fails, you will feel so much worse than if you had just gone, I hate doing this right now, but I'm, I can't invest years of my life into it. Um, yeah. I, I speak from experience. Uh, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a similar fallout with my previous one before Referral Rock in terms of just the mental anguish and how long you stay. And you don't even know why you're staying so long. Like in terms mm -hmm. of, is it for the users? Is it for other people? Is it your coworkers, your friends? Like there's a lot to unpack and... Anyway, so I think everyone's having burnout now from like pandemic stuff, but there's, I was like, oh yeah, I remember what that was like, like six, eight years ago and how I felt like, let's just not get there again. I, um, when kind of going back to, uh, my, uh, one of my co-founders leaving when, after he left, uh, one of our angel investors <clears throat> called us and said like, Hey guys, what, like, how are you, how are you feeling? Um, that kind of been great. Now I had personally been thinking, Hey, maybe it's time to quit. Um, just before my co-founder said it, right. But out of stubbornness, I remember saying to, I never told anyone that in the business, but, um, uh, I remember saying to our angel, Oh, it's okay. Because my, <laughs> this is so douchey. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my personality trait, it, my, my, uh, hang on. What did I say? My personality type is now I'm definitely going to make this happen. <laughs> I look back on it and I'm like, what the heck was wrong with me that I said a, a sentence like that? But, um, but it, speaks, it speaks to the point, right? Um, people stay for all sorts of reasons. Like, how do you know when it's time to yeah. quit? One of them, I've got to say, is like, um, if you find that you're like, your worldview is basically polluted by how you feel about your company it's probably time to get out um and it, it happens so quickly and so sort of insidiously but you need mm. to you need to cut that off as quickly as possible yeah it seems it seems so much better like if you can detach yourself right you you make a lot better decisions in terms of like is this a go or a no-go in terms of of fit and just even being able to to actually hear what your customers are saying too, or your potential customers, because you you take less of your biases with you, right? It's not as much of an uh, emotional investment. Sorry, guys. No, it's fine. It's all good. Got got you back. Oh, it's even good, baby. Yeah, the investment for me was hard. It was like 
like I said, all those all those people, the users you have on the platform, all these things, even though we did a slow death, so to speak, with Referral Rock. Oh, not with Referral Rock, sorry. Referral Rock's all good. Yeah, <laughs> with Evernote, uh, there, there was a slow death to that. And it, you know, like, again, didn't even realize how much I was attached, attached to that emotionally yeah. with those decisions. But yeah. I, I kind of had anyway. that with status list too, though. Like status list, I worked on for far longer than I should have. Right. Um, and I feel like with with this one, I'm a little more, um, yeah, less focused on like getting the product so perfect that everyone will love it, and more just like let's get the concept, let's validate the concept, and see if it flies. And I think probably in the next two or three weeks, now I'm going to probably know for a lot more certainty around that. I have a couple of good meetings booked, so. Right. Right. But um, yeah, we could probably keep talking forever. I feel like <laughs> this is a, this was a ton of fun, uh, Mark. Honestly, you know, been getting a lot of value, but also just really nice to put a face, you know, the nice face to uh, <laughs> to you that not not enough of us get to see. Um, but but this was really great. I mean, want to thank you very much for for coming on. I think hopefully the listeners enjoy the stories. We went kind of all over the place. We're going to have a little some challenges titling this one, but. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about where other people can find you if they want to hear more, your little plug if you want? Well, the best place to find me, oh, I should say before I say this, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, we did go all over the place, but I sort of love it because that's uh, that's so much like uh, SaaS people, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, I um, best place to find me is probably on Twitter. Um, I'm on I am Mark Thomas. That's Mark with a C. Or you can check us out on the Powered by Search blog. Uh, so poweredbysearch.com forward slash blog. But thank you all for listening and we'll talk next week. All right. See everyone. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week.